Monday, October 23rd. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Jet Home Loans. And now, a guy who doesn't really see the need for French fries and coleslaw on the sandwich, but does hold the record for eating them at six, J.P. And welcome in. It is Jaguars happy hour on this Monday, week eight, about to begin. The Jaguars head to Pittsburgh and Primanti Brothers this Sunday. Plenty to get to from the Hyundai Studios. J.P. Shadrick with you. We're on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, and Jaguars YouTube. Busy show ahead, of course, for the next two hours. We'll recap the Jaguars Thursday night football win over the Saints, 31-24. And now four straight wins in four different stadiums in three different cities in a span of seven time zones in 19 days for the Jaguars to get to a 5-2 and two record, a well-deserved mini-bye week, and now the Steelers next. We'll keep it real, of course, and Fanatics fan questions in the second hour. Pete Prisco from CBSSports.com and Tony Vaselli of football fame and the Pro hey, Football uh, Hall of JP, Fame look, is with us. What's up, hey, Pete? Hey, JP, look, he has his – bus behind them as we do this they can't right. see the, the the angle that they have they can't see it we well, can fix that i believe look i have my bobblehead <laughs> here, wow. here's the bus it, that, well here's my bobblehead does it look like me probably not because it has hair so it, it doesn't looks, look like me it looks much better than you do there's some big Come arms on, on that now. bobblehead pete big arms on that thing well those arms are pretty good now um but <laughs> Vaselli, that's not the real bust is in Canton, so that can't be the real. Bust. So it's, what is it? You had one made. No, no, they get when they give you a uh, when they put your bust in the Hall of Fame, they give you a, a replica as well, and so it's the it's the exact same bust that's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Outside of this one is not bronze; it's just the clay, hardened clay, but it's the exact same. It looks outside of the, the one in uh, Canton being bronze, this one being some kind of hard clay or however they finish it. Um, it's yeah. the exact same thing. Did you? I forgot to ask you. I don't, I don't think I ever really asked you this, even though we took pictures with it when we were up there. Do you think it looks like you? <laughs> yeah, I do, especially a younger me. So they did it because they asked what like era of your career. And so I found a picture like year three or four. I can't remember what it was. So it's like 26 year old Tony Bacelli. So it's a glamour shot of sorts. <laughs> well, I sure the hell wasn't going to do 51-year-old Tony Gazzelli. <laughs> no. That thing had, like, limbs hanging over here and stuff over here. It would have fake parts. Oh. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's fantastic that it's on his desk behind him, Pete. That's you know, that's amazing. That's really what Listen, it is. I didn't put it there, to be clear. My wife did. Um, I did not decorate my you wife. Should, I'm, I'm, we're, you know what? We're kidding you, but you should be proud of that. Yeah, man. absolutely. Yeah, come on. Oh, I'm not taking it as a slight. I'm just saying whether someone likes it or dislikes it, I had nothing to do with it. Because if I had one, that damn thing would be right behind. Me. <laughs> It'd be. It would be in front of the camera, in front of Pete. He would just show it yeah, all. Show. Maybe. Maybe. That's what he would do. All right. So let's get to this Jaguars team, and let's. I mean, let's start with Thursday night. And the quarterback play, Trevor Lawrence, game time decision officially. He got the early workout in and the green light when he was not among the inactives. And he comes out there with the 
brace on his left knee, and he ends up as the leading rusher in the game somehow and then throws a touchdown pass. A little short one over the middle. Christian Kirk runs the rest of the way for the go-ahead touchdown with just over three minutes to play. But just the fact that Lawrence was even playing on a short week to begin with and then the way he played, yes, the offense had a lull, Pete, middle of the game, I'd say, but um, they found ways and they got it done. And Trevor's battle through that knee injury was a big reason. Well, I think it says a lot about him as a player. He's a comp- We knew that. We said that last week the, before the show, before the game. We said we think he'd play because he's a competitor, and that's what he is. I mean, he's a tough guy. But not only that, to be able to run the way he did. I mean, you can see these plays here as we watch them on, on YouTube. Or This is incredible to me that he was able to do that. Um, it wasn't a great offensive performance by any stretch of the imagination, but to go there against that defense in that environment and play, period, and then play the way he did is a testament to him. And, Tony, you've been in many a locker room. I guarantee you the players looked around that locker room and his respect level went up even higher. Yeah, I, my guess is, Pete, nobody was surprised he played uh, in the locker room because they know what type of guy he is. I mean, I think he has shown that he is, the, you know, he's the leader. Of the, of the franchise from a player perspective. Um, and for uh, to me, for what he did, is just going to entrench that even more in the locker room. Because to your point, I'll just speak from an offensive line perspective. When you know you have a tough guy back there and a guy that's going to go to battle when he's not 100%, because none of us are up front 100% ever, it just says something. And, you know, when I played, I mean, it was no secret that Mark was one of the tougher guys and played through stuff and um, rarely complained or anything else about getting hit. And that means something to the guys up front. And I thought Trevor played great. It was it was really interesting to me pregame talking to some of the coaches. They, you know, they didn't know they did not know whether he was going to play or not when he came out and warmed up. It was up to him, um, which was crystal clear. Um, The other thing is they figured if he would play that he would be pretty immobile. And they thought that was a disadvantage because the Saints give up a lot of quarterback rushing yards because they play so much man coverage. And so backs to the quarterback, and if you have an athletic quarterback, you know, they can take advantage of it. And they said, we, we probably won't be able to take advantage of that today. And then there goes Trevor Lawrence doing <laughs> what Trevor Lawrence does. And so I thought it was a great performance. I give a lot of credit to that offensive line. You play a football game against the Saints. Now, they're not great pass rushers, but it's one of the best defenses in the NFL, overall defenses. And you give up one pressure, zero hits, zero sacks in a football game in the NFL. Pretty dang good, Pete. And watching the tape, I thought the tackles both played really well. Um, they handled their guys on the edge, and, and they're good football players. Granderson's a good player, and and uh, Cam Jordan, probably not quite the player he used to be. But still uh, good. But I, but I thought Harrison did some good things against him as well. And and so, yeah, I, I thought the offensive line as a group was better, and they had to be. And sometimes, Tony, it takes something like that to kind of maybe, you know, I, I got to be even better today to protect that guy. And, and I think that showed up in, in a big way. I, I like what I saw from the offensive line. Uh, and, you know, what happens now? Walker Little goes in and plays left guard, right? That if he yeah. comes back this week. So they should be even better on that offensive line going forward. Uh, it, was, it was not a great offensive performance, though. I mean, it, it was good, 
for what he was and what he is in, in terms of being banged up. But it just seems at times they get a little disjointed, and I don't know why. It still has – I mean, they're scoring points and they're moving the football at times, but they – like you mentioned, JP, they have those lulls. And and personally, and this is going to be a, a, a Pete rant, okay? <laughs> Can't wait. I think it's too horizontal, the offense, for my liking. And I'm going to go back to the winning play. They had man-to-man coverage, or they, actually they had zone on the other side. I think if they, they, they kind of doubled Calvin Ridley. And so he was in man-to-man, but the middle of the field was wide open. I think they need to operate more in there than they have been and even get them down the field some. Now, some of that the last couple of weeks is the injury, or last week the injury. You want to get the ball out quick and not have him standing there. But if he was capable of running the way he ran, he's capable of going through his progressions and getting the ball down the field. Now, there were, there's some opportunities. And Calvin Ridley, everybody asked me, what, why was – they doubled Calvin Ridley a ton in that game. That's why he didn't, you know, that, that's why the shots weren't going to him. But I think that it's too much this way sometimes instead of that way for me. Well, I'll say this, Pete. Um, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think you make a fair point. But I'll say this. I thought the first maybe three drives, because throwing the, throwing the, uh, the uh, unfortunate turnover by Christian, it was the best the offense has looked. I mean, there we go, dink, 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 handoff, dink, 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 handoff, crosser, big play, dink, dink, touchdown. I'm like, I like literally after the first three drives, I'm like, they might score. They're like, they, the Saints have no answer. And then we went into the lull. You know, had a turnover. You know, everyone talks about how little time we were on the field. Well, we had the turnover after one play. Saints get it back. We yeah. had the punt muff. Saints get it back. And so right there is going to eat a lot of weight. You, you lose that. What people don't realize, the big thing around turnovers is not just that the other team gets the ball. You lose a possession. You lose an offensive possession to go, like, put points on the board. And you only have, in today's NFL, you know, 11 to 13 possessions a game. And so you lose two, you're almost at, you know, you're just under 20% of your possessions out the door. And it was, you know, so that I think, you know, took him out of the rhythm a little bit. Yeah, I think it took it him out of the rhythm because we, I thought we had it going early, and then we had the lull. Yeah, and and you know what, Tony, that that play where Kirk fumbled, those are the kind of things they need to see more of. Yeah. From in, in my mind, uh, I think they need to do more of that and and get him in the middle of the field, get Ingram in the middle of the field. It, it almost at times they get too cute. And, and, I, and that's kind of an epidemic in the NFL these days. They get to just play football. You don't necessarily have to run the reverses and the little swings and the this and get the linemen out and go out there. I get it. it you want to make them defend the entire field width-wise. I get that. It helps open up everything else. But you don't have to do it all the time. And so I, I, that's my personal take is I think they need to get more into the middle of the field and get more vertical down the field. Is part of that, though – just the personnel that has not been out there some. Zay Jones has missed four games already and um, you know a half of another one. And then the offensive line's been shuffling around a bit. You know, to- They haven't trusted the offensive line all year in the middle, particularly. That, that's been a concern. So, yeah, I think, that ha- I think they've called plays to their fear 
And and but as you get into a game and it's not a fear, then you have to get away from that. And I don't think at times they sometimes get away from it. And 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 but when they had to score, when they had to go get that touchdown, what did they do? They got them locked up in man coverage and an option route. Boom, boom, gone. I just think they need to get into that area more than that way. And, and I get it. It opens up the middle when you are threatening horizontally. But I, I just think this kind of stuff needs to happen more. And I think it's available to them. I want to know where the wheels on Christian Kirk came from. Because he just <laughs> ran, he, he ran away from everybody on the Saints on this little option route, Pete. Yeah, and ETN made a nice little like little block there. Watch, right there. That's all he had to do was get in front of him. He couldn't hit him because it would have been a blindsider, and he, he kind of just got in front of him. It took out three guys with one shot there. Kirk looked fast on this play. He really, that's what I mean. And, well, and get him in the middle of the field in these kind of situations and get him on those over routes where he comes across yeah. and gets over, like the one he fumbled. I mean, I just think that Ingram in the middle of the field. You know, the Saints had come into the game having problems defending the tight end, and they didn't get it. I thought they'd get him into the middle of the field, and they did. Well, they did early, Pete, if you go back. Yeah, and they it, went away from it. And then uh, Trevor actually missed a throw early where uh, Ingram had separation on man, and if he, get, if he hits him, he could have ran away from the defender. And how many throwback passes are they going to use? I mean, it's like one, one a week. I mean, seriously, some teams go games without using anything like that. We go, we went years. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, they got to cut. See, I just that's the cute of the offense, and I don't necessarily think it has to be cute, particularly if you get Walker Little back into the middle of that line. If you get little back, Cam Robinson is playing good football, Tony. We, you know, we were wondering how he would play. I think he's playing good football over there. I think the rookie right tackle is getting much better. You can isolate him now in some situations where you maybe you're concerned about him. Sheriff looked a little bit better. Even the center, he looked better the other night. So the concern of calling plays because of those guys has to wane now as you head out and you start getting the offense really into a rhythm because I don't think we've seen the best of this offense. Right. Not even no, I, I don't either, Pete. And let me give before we uh, JP. I know we got we're at time. Is let me give a shout out to Brandon Sheriff um, because that's a guy short week did not practice, beat up ankle, and there was no question he was playing. Like he willed himself on the field. And, you know, you can be critical. Maybe he didn't play the best in the first few games. Maybe he had some rough moments, whatever. That guy's important from a mentality standpoint and a leadership standpoint. And he is a good football player. He might not be at his best that he has been in his career when he was, you know, you know, pro bowler, you know, perennial, perennial pro, uh, pro bowler for the, uh, the commanders. But his, I, mean, I, I can't stress what that means to a team when a guy who's a leader – captain who just sucks it up and just says i'm playing and plus he has a rookie next is a rookie next to him yeah. which is important to have him in there as somebody in the building told me him last year he, he was hurt all last year but he played but the way he stood in there and helped he made juan taylor that much better and juan taylor had a career year by the way harrison going into this weekend have been playing better than juan taylor yeah mm. Juwan Taylor not playing very well. Mm. But uh, I don't care about Juwan Taylor, wrong team. Um, I'll just say this. Hats off. As a guy who knows what it takes to get ready to play a game 
and know what it means to play hurt, hats off to Brandon Sheriff because yep. that, that's big time. All right, guys, let's come back in a moment. We'll get to the defensive performance. They were out there for 87 snaps in the game. We'll go through that performance for the defensive side. Plenty ahead, of course, finishing the recap of Thursday Night Football, looking ahead to the Steelers game this week. Then in the second hour, we'll keep it real. And Fanatics fan questions. Jags fans want customized Jaguars furniture for your home? Check out ZipChair.com and browse all customizable options. ZipChair furniture for fans. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. I knew who we were made of, uh, the, the kind of grit that we have on this team, the kind of way that we fight regardless of what happens, like I'm saying. Um, I had a, I, I wasn't really worried. I'm like, we're going to win this in the end. Like, you can watch me as they're driving the film. Like, it's going to come down to them trying to get in the end zone. I got us every time. It's about us. Uh, we fight for each other, fight for the brothers. Shout out Trevor coming out here and playing. Here's motivation, everybody playing for each other. So we fight all the way through the game, everything on the line. I'm going to fight for my boy. That's Foyer Aluk and Jaguars linebacker, and welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. J.P. Shadrick from the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center. Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli alongside. That's what we do on this show, too. Fight for our brothers. That's what we do on Jaguars Happy Hour. But the defense certainly He, he had a monster game. He man. was huge. 14 tackles, 9 solos, and he's now second in the league in total tackles. His first career touchdown a pick six that put the Jaguars up 15 after the extra point two passes defense for foyer and I mean you know you start making plays like that in primetime games in big moments Pete that's when the Pro Bowl stuff starts coming he hasn't been to one no and and you're right those big moments and big games are what the you know the rest of the players in the league will look around and go hey I'll put him in there he had a big game on TV you know I remember that yeah. I don't think that's going to be the last game that people see of them either. I think there's going to get some, might get some flex games coming forward, particularly that, maybe that Niners game gets flexed. You know, because, yeah, the, if both teams win this week, then all of a sudden, hey, they're two if of the top teams. they got to do it 12 days out. Which so. it would be after, it would be Monday. It would be Monday right. of this next, after the, yeah, next right, week. Because it would be the, after they have the bye week and then the 49ers. That's right. right. So now it's Jets Raiders is the Sunday night game that week, week 10. Right, two big market teams. I right. mean, not well. Vegas is yeah, it's still a big market compared to the, to this one. But, but it's a traditional okay. team, the Raiders. You yeah, know, yeah. So, but if the Raiders, you know, they they play on the road again this week against the Lions. Yeah. If they start cratering, then then you know, and the the Jets lost to the Giants or something. Then there's a chance something like that happens. But, right. but I, I, you know, as far as the defense, Aluakon played great. You know who's playing ten times better than he ever than he has? Devin I, Lloyd. I think I knew you were going with that. Yeah, Devin he had Lloyd. eleven tackles in the game in a pass defense. And remember, and a couple was a three game, a three play sequence on the goal line, yeah. where he made all. He was in on all three tackles and 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 was the primary tackler. I think I don't know if they credited him with all three. JP on the play sheet, mm -hmm. but watching the tape, he was in on all three. It was I think it's this the the. Remember when they sw swung time, it wide? What to, time of uh, game was this? Late or third quarter, maybe when Kamara went. They he tackled them on the goal line over there. Um, it was two runs in the middle. Taysom Hill had a run, maybe I think it was. He, I think Taysom Hill scored on that one run right before it. Right, those three plays before the Taysom Hill run. Hmm. 
to some hill. We're going to find this. Got to go back. It's been a Remember, while since Thursday night. Was four, I think it was fourth down, JP. We brought Taysom Hill, ran the ran in for the touchdown. Hmm. It was, I think it was the touchdown that right before the big play to Kirk, I think that touchdown. Really? Okay. Hang on. Let's go find this again. This is great radio. Going through the uh, play-by-play. No, no, but Devin Lloyd, in his, I don't know if they credited him with the tackles, but in a three-play sequence right there, he made a big play in the run game on first down, made a big play in the run game on second down, and then he tackled Camaro on the goal line on a pass play wide. Okay, let's see here. Yeah, I got it. It's the opening play of the fourth quarter is what happened. So they, um, yeah, that they were down at the yeah first and goal at the four. Car okay, incomplete. They the ball on first down, right? Unnecessary roughness, no play. And then first and two, first and goal from the two. Uh, they gave Gotsis a tackle. And then second and goal from the two. They gave Aluokin and Wingard a, a split yeah. tackle. No, Lloyd was in on both of those. And then on third and goal, Devin Lloyd, they gave him a solo. Yeah, he had a solo, but he was, he made plays on the first two. And then they scored on the next one on the, on the Taysom Hill run, right? That's Mm -hmm. what they scored. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And he got caught inside on, he kind of took, he, I saw where he was filling and they kind of ran outside of him, but, but he's much, much better, much more active, much more athletic, better in coverage, understands where to go. Uh, that was one of his best games, and he looked like he felt confident. And I think that's part of the reason why Aluakon's even playing better. He's not having he to doesn't worry. have to line him up. Yeah, not having he to worry to about where, to where he's at. Yeah, and even last week, Pete, I mean, he had his hands on two different footballs last week. If it wasn't for the little splint in his thumb, he might have two interceptions. Well, he had his hand on one in that game, yeah. too, remember? Yeah. Yeah. I just think he's playing so much better. He's getting so much depth on his drops. He's understanding where the crossers are coming from. Uh, now, there was one – he got beat by Olave, but he was in coverage on him. He was right there to make the play. He just got beat. I, I think he's improved immensely in the last three weeks. And I think that's a big part of why their defense looks better. Yeah, and they, they're playing great overall defense, certainly really good against the run uh, with, with him stepping in there too. And then uh, you got Josh Allen, who continues to flash and play well. He had three well, quarterback he's hits. against the backup, but, but he has played really well. Yeah. I mean, I, I want Josh Allen's playing out of his mind right now. Gotta keep he's on up. the money train. Got to keep it up. That's the one thing in his career that you can you can say, hey, he's had spurts here or there. He's been really good for two or three weeks, and then he disappears for like three, four weeks. Yeah, but he's never been this good. That's right. I don't think at any point in his career he's been this good. He's playing out of his mind. I I, I think he's been outstanding. And, and yeah, he played against a backup tackle and a guard converted over there, but he still did a nice job and won consistently. What do you have, 11 pressures in that game? Yeah, he was all over the backfield. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's he really impacted the game. He sped up Derek Carr. He's playing great. I mean, I, I in watching the tape, there were a couple other notes I wrote down about that defense. One being, Angelo Blackson made some plays. You know, he did. It's a heck of a find, right? He's been all around the football, like fumble recoveries. You can't really predict that sometimes, but he's just there, and he's he's he a made big a couple body. Plays in the run game, yeah. he, you know, and he he, I, he got the penalty for throwing down the runner but he's made some plays I I thought he did some good things on that defense the other day you agree Tony Angelo Blackson made a couple plays the other day I thought he was 
I thought he's been good all year. Yeah. Like, because remember the big question we had coming in with um, Devon Hamilton being out, where's the depth going to be on that interior defensive line? This is what the interior defensive line, as far as from stopping the run, is one of the strengths of the whole team. Yeah. And guys like Blackson are a big reason for that. And so, I mean, give them a ton of credit. And and I'm sorry I had to jump out real quick. Something came up, but the – as a defense and as as you think about the defense overall, Mike Caldwell and his staff have done a great job of keeping them in games, getting turnovers, getting big stops when they have to. I mean, I don't even blame them for that end of third quarter, kind of going to the fourth quarter. They've been on the field for like a thousand minutes. Yep. And yep. on a short week, they I mean, they were gassed. You could see it. And I mean, I thought they they, they gutted it out and you know, specifically uh, Blackson, super impressed with all those guys, the starting group up front, the uh, the backups, the way they've shut down the run this year has been impressive. It's good to have depth like that. It's, you know, it's good to have a big body that can go in there and he, and he plays big, he plays strong. Um, yeah, and we were talking before you, when you jumped out, Tony, I was talking about how much better Devin Lloyd's looked the last couple of weeks. That, that's a different that's dude cool. out there. I, I talked to him after the game. I'm like, dude, you are killing it right now. It's it's like, unreal. Dude, he is like I'm like like he I thought he was better than last year to start the season. But not great. Then he gets hurt. The last two weeks him and Lucon all over the field. They look you know what they look like when they play now? Like those two Niners linebackers. They run around and hit yeah. plays. I mean, they're not Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw yet, but they run around and do make plays like that. They're not. If that continue, if those two continue, they're going to be so able to cover so much ground. And his pass covered. I was telling JP when you watch the tape, he knows the look where guys are coming now and where to go. It's it's an amazing improvement. In the last two weeks from him. He gets it now. You can tell. And you talk to him after the game. I bet he thinks he's really good now, too. <laughs> well, he should. I mean, you know, Devin Lloyd's not a burner. Like, if you talk, like the guys you talked about. At- yeah, they can fly. Yeah. Warner and Greenwald, like, especially Warner, is just like a f- just fly. And uh, Devin's not slow, but he's not a, he's not a burner. But what no, he's, he's not like is, those guys. But what he is, Pete, that gives makes him faster than he even maybe clocks at. His length, mm-hmm. he is so long that he's there even when you don't think he's there because of that length. And he gets his hands on balls across the middle of the field that they think are going to be over his head that he gets hands on and, and does something with. I mean, he is – I think you he's – know it's, it's good. You know what's happening now? With Josh Allen being a playmaker at the first level, you got the linebackers playmakers at the second level. You have Tyson Campbell when he's on the field. And Darius Williams is really playing well, by the way. He's leading the league in passes defense, by the way. And then you have Cisco, and you have Cisco at the safety position. And you have really high level players at those every level across the board at every key spot. Whereas going into the season, you didn't we didn't know that. We didn't know. It was a question mark. And how about Josh Allen? And if you guys talked about this, I apologize. Eleven pressures. Eleven. You know what? We motivated that man. We motivated Dude, that man. He was like, and he, <laughs> Pete, if Derek Carr held on the ball for like a half second, oh. he had five, six sacks. It was, it was, he, and he was working against a, a backup 
That's fine. He, but that's what you're supposed to do when of you. Of course, and he dominated. He dominated. I told, I told JP, it's the best he's ever. It, this little stretch of games is the best he's ever played, and I don't even think it's close. And I, you know, JP, remember I asked you last week, did they make the crack about uh, game wrecker on the on the game? Yeah. I went back and listened to it. He got that sack against uh, Indy. Yeah. And they said he is a game wrecker. <laughs> so, <laughs> It was like a little shot, but um, yeah, I mean, he's playing at a high level, but we also have to talk about the other side. Well, why don't we come back and do that? Because I think um, that's a longer conversation. And when you talk about the other side, I assume you're talking about Trayvon Walker. Correct. Mm. Um, And when I looked at the stat line from Thursday night, it was one assist. We will we had, get into that. He was given a couple of pressures, I, and I went back and watched the tape again today, and I looked at it. I, I don't know where they came from. One late, maybe they credited him with when he was flushed out. but We've got plenty to get to. We'll get to that coming up. We'll dig a little deeper into the cornerback play. That was a question going into the game Thursday night. Monteric Brown, how did he perform in his first career start? A little more offensive talk as well ahead. Then in the second hour, we'll keep it real and answer Fanatics fan questions. Sign up your furry friend for the Jaguars official four-legged fan club for pets presented by Forever Vets Animal Hospital. Your pet will receive access to exclusive merchandise, events, and sweepstakes throughout the season. Visit jaguars.com slash promotions slash four-legged fan club and sign up today. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. It's one of the best performances, you know, um, I, I had talked to the team, and, 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 and you know, we, we had some guys that were, were beat up. Trevor was, was banged up going into the game. You know, Brandon Scherf was, was beat up going into this game, uh, amongst other guys. And, you know, the offensive line really put it upon themselves to keep keep Trevor clean in the pocket. You know, other than the the runs that he had, you know, he wasn't he wasn't touched back there. And, and um, I give credit to Press Taylor. Um, you know, play calls, balls were coming out of his hand extremely quick you know uh receivers were doing their job so it was a it was a really good you know really good performance there not only by the offensive line but i think also the guys around trevor uh helping him out you know in that situation that's the head coach doug peterson on a conference call a zoom call on friday the day after the jaguars win in new orleans at the superdome and welcome back it's jaguars happy hour J.P. Shadrick from the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center in Jacksonville. Pete Prisco down in South Florida. Tony Baselli has a bust of himself in his house, apparently. And we are recapping the win over the Saints, looking ahead to the Steelers coming up a little later. Second hour, your Fanatics fan questions and much more. We, uh, Yes, Pete, hello. I ask this question. Did anybody ask him about the idiotic decision to go for it? Pete, I'm going to disagree with you again from this. Standpoint. <laughs> no, you're not. I am. No, you're not. It was, it was fourth, and first of all, I would have challenged the spot because I think they got a crappy spot. That's fine. Um, so but if you, I mean, if you look at it where they mark it, it is literally fourth and less than an inch. And again. It, at the 47 yard line. Yep. Let's see where his knee goes down. This is like, I didn't like this. Right there. They, should, okay. they probably should have challenged it. It would have been hard to overturn it, but they should have challenged it. Okay. So 
Now, this is the fourth down play we just looked at on YouTube, on video. Um, I actually would have been fine going for it, but here's what I don't like. I had no problem going for it because you had a tired defense that had been on the field. You need to put some first downs together. Um, my problem was is the shotgun. It's fourth and an inch, two inches. Like, get underneath. You have a six-five quarterback who's already is your leading rusher for the day, so his knee holds good enough. Yeah. Push him, and just go get the two inches. You need quarterback sneak. Now, if you don't feel comfortable quarterback sneaking it, then I would punt it, or bring your backup quarterback in and let him quarterback sneak it. Whatever, go go put. You know. We have to come up with a solution. Go put Evan Ingram under under center. Have him practice. And obviously not before the first time in the game, but like practice like someone else doing it if you're worried. Because you can't be out of the gun on fourth and inches. I okay. don't understand that. I agree with you 100%. I didn't like the gun. No. I didn't like the call. The Pete, Saints had done nothing. Well, they had done nothing. Uh, no, Pete, at that point in the game, that's not true. They had come back. They were down one possession. This yeah, is but, when they – Right. Okay, but they had that one possession in the in the sec, in the third quarter where they right the start of the fourth quarter. Isn't that what it was, JP? We just went through it when yeah. Taysom Hill that's, scored the touchdown. Yeah, that's right. Yep. The reason How I many said, yards did they have at that point? So, but Pete, yeah. the reason I said I would go for it, if again quarterback sneak, is because I remember sitting there during the game and watching, saying our defense is dead. We we are gassed. We've been on they bet we've been on the field half the time they have. If you looked at the time of possession at that point. And we needed to, like, just get some first downs and keep our defense. So, so let's give them the ball in midfield. So here's he, the, so Doug Peterson was not asked about it in the transcript from Friday. He was asked about it in the post game on the fourth and inches play, and his quote was this, quote, we just got beat, we just got beat, credit them, end quote. And then, no, okay, that has nothing to do with the decision. And he said there was no, no thought to challenge. It was confirmed upstairs, no thought to challenge on third. So that's fine. And Pete's probably right. I think it would have been a tough challenge because those spots are tough challenges. Yeah. But Pete, let me ask you a question. If it was fourth and inches on that play and it was the Philadelphia Eagles, would you say go for it or not? I'm still punting the ball. You're you are so full. Oh, no, they were four the for Eagles, four. They use that play. Right. Yeah. No, probably probably not. Can't okay. stop that play. My, my point is, every team in the NFL should be able to get. Two inches from a quarterback sneak. I, I would agree with you on that. But I, I, I still, in that scenario, if it was a high-scoring game and the Saints had been moving the ball all over the place, I would agree with you 100%. But they weren't. But, Pete, our defense was dead. So so let's give them the ball at midfield so they can no, be dead for 50 about, yards instead of a hunt, instead of 90. How about go get two inches? And how I about, get that. But and how about not do that? In that scenario... Pete, how about not do that out of the gun? How like, about in that scenario, you punt? Hey, I texted you during the game, and you weren't so defiant <laughs> that night. No, I was, because you texted me right afterwards, and I was frustrated because if – now, in fairness, talking to people afterwards, the reason they were in the gun – I want to be fair to the coaching staff – because they said if, if Trevor's going to play, they're doing, almost, they're doing everything out of the gun because of his knee. And I get that. And so based on that, Pete, knowing that you're going to be in the gun, it's fourth and inches, I would have punted too. Right. They should have punted. 
But in a normal situation, especially after I saw how well Trevor was moving around, come on, we got to be able to quarterback sneak it, guys. Well, they've been such a good short yardage team so far in the last two. In the that's, two another, that's another yeah. reason, Pete, to punt it. You're, yeah. I, I can't argue there with you because you're right. We have not been good on third and short. And, and, what, did, and what did they have? They, you gave them life. You almost cost yourself the game by giving them life. You gave them life in that spot. They, had, they, they didn't have life. You punt them in. I think you're wrong, Pete. I thought they already had life before that because how many they, yards of offense did they have in that at that point in the game? 170? No, more than that. When did that? That was fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, they had just scored. They scored. Remember on that one possession, the only real possession they had that was worth a damn was the one they scored on. Taysom Hill scored the touchdown. JP, so, yeah. we just went through that. So Taysom Hill scored like second play of the fourth quarter. Jaguars got the ball, went, um, what, five, four plays and then punted. Saints went three and out. Jaguars, this is the next drive. They got a first down on a penalty, defensive pass interference, and then they go to the fourth down and one. And then the Saints come back after that, and three plays later they're in the end zone. Cardo Thomas, 17 yards. Yeah. Because they only needed 50 yards. And that one tied the game. Yeah. If you're going to go out of, if you're going to shotgun it there, I'd, I'd punt too. I'm with you, especially based on our third and short offense right now, which is not very good. I was, my frustration was more get under center and just quarterback sneak it. It's two inches. I, I would agree. If you're going to go for it, you have to sneak, sneak it. But in that game, with the way the flow had gone, I would have punted. Okay. Unless, unless you, unless you were confident in your quarterback sneak. Like if you're the, if you were the Eagles, you're going for it there. Yeah, and Jacksonville hasn't been confident in their quarterback sneak ever. I, no. Oh, that's not true. We were well, good sneakers back in the day. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, like I'm saying this current you know, this, iteration. This group. Yeah, no. This group. Yeah. We're not. And I don't understand why, because Trevor's so big and athletic. Like, why aren't we better at that? It really frustrates me. <laughs> it, 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 some of it has to do with Fortner. Yeah, fair. It's hard he's, to not, he's not physically he, powerful. He doesn't, he doesn't play low. Right. Like one thing, you talk about the Eagles doing it. Jason Kelsey's stomach is on the ground. <laughs> it's amazing. It. it really is yeah. amazing how low they get. Yeah. It, it's it's incredible. Job. But yeah, I, that's me. I'm gonna. That's my rant. My criticize the coach rant for the week because it is gonna get. You know me. I'm gonna be honest about it. I just would have punted there. I think he should have punted there. So Pete, it's. it's I. I will agree if you're gonna go shotgun. I'm with you. I, I will. I would. I would agree with you. Flow of the game dictates a little bit of that too. More about I, two inches as an offensive lineman, and this is where me being a player can get me in trouble. I agree with you. So don't even say it, Pete. I felt like if we can't get two inches, we don't deserve to win. I know it's a player. I'm a play. That's a player. I know. I get it. I get it. But you could also say. If we can't punt him in and hold him from going 90 to tie us, then we shouldn't win either. But I don't play defense. I play offensive line. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Um, and so your criticism's fair, but we have not done it yet of giving this coaching staff the kudos they deserve of two in London. And let's not forget coming off a disaster performance against Houston at home. Brutal. Hey, he's a – He's a damn good coach. I'm not saying he's oh, supposed no, no, to no, show no, you no. they all make bad decisions. I'm not saying you're not. I just want to make sure we highlight, because I agree with you. Your criticism's fair. I want to highlight what Doug Peterson and his staff have done over a 19-day period. Two wins in London. Managed the team over there. No issues. No complaining. Nothing. Showed up, played, got it done. Fly home. Take two days off. Play division rival, the Colts. 
beat the hell out of them, get beat up in the process, and then th four days later or three days later, three days later, get on a plane with a beat up quarterback to New Orleans and go beat their rear ends at their home stadium. I mean, I was, I was, I was, I am so impressed by what they did. That is because I don't think, and this is not talking down to fans at all, but I don't think the average fan understands how hard what they did is. And just the logistics, the change of time zones, the, the travel, the managing injuries on the road, you know, getting everyone ready mentally, game planning for the coaches, not being home doing it, out of your routine. I mean, there's so many different variables that go into pulling that off. And they did it with a bunch of injuries to key guys. Like, hats off. I mean, we got a hell of a coaching staff. And a I bunch agree. That's and a got hard a job. That's a hard – what they did. You know what else might have really helped, Tony? They bonded when they were overseas. Mm, that's right. <laughs> You're such an don't. ass, Pete. You are such an ass. <laughs> but the coaching staff deserves – hey, look, I criticize the coaches for things they do. This staff has done a nice, a really nice job. And Mike Caldwell particularly has done a great job with that defense. And I think Doug Peterson, big picture, is an outstanding football coach. And you can just tell the way the players talk about him. There's a respect there. I would argue, and we're not at the halfway point, and um, maybe we do it during the bye week, our players of the year and everything else so far. Mm. Mm. But I'll say right now, if I looked across the NFL after seven games, which everyone's played at least seven, Doug Peterson's coach of the year after seven games, what he's done with his team. Yeah, they were supposed to be good, though. Pete? <laughs> what? Back in Some a moment. them go to the Super Bowl. Pete, well, you did, um, which I'm all for it right now. Um, after, at one and two, how much would you have wagered if I'd have said they're going to win four straight. Well, I didn't think they'd beat Buffalo. <laughs> okay, so that's why, like. Yeah. But no, he's done a it. great job. They've done it. Now, beat Pittsburgh on the road. Yes, that would be another one. I'm telling you what, we need to beat Pittsburgh, and we'll talk more about that coming up. Tough matchup, especially uh, offense, our offense and their defense. But you go 6-2, and two, have, have a bye, and go into the – for, uh, 49ers, it'll be on, it's going to be Sunday night. It's getting flexed. I guarantee it. You heard hey, by it. the way, real quick, JP, really we didn't quick. talk about Trayvon Walker. We do got to talk about that. We will. We've got plenty of time. We've got over an hour remaining on the program to get to that and much more. It is, uh, if you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. Welcome back. It is Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli winding down the opening hour of the program. We'll uh, get to more of the defensive performance coming up in the second hour after the Jaguars got it done Thursday night in the Superdome against the New Orleans Saints. We're on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube. And on October 24th, that's tomorrow, 5 to 6, head to the Publix at E-Town Exchange and meet Jags players for a special appearance. That is 
11025 E-Town Parkway. It's down by 9B, just uh, southeast of uh, 295 down there. Uh, tomorrow, 5 to 6 p.m., Jaguars will be there. Some Jaguars will be in attendance. Let's take a look at the AFC South. The, tit- the Titans and Texans had bye weeks uh, this week. The Browns rallied to beat the Colts in a wild game, 39-38. Oh, boy, what happened here, Pete? Well, Minshew was really good at times and really bad at times, and he turned the ball over four times, and one of them was in the end zone at the end of the half for a touchdown. But he did some good things against that defense, and there were some questionable calls at the end of that game of pass interference. Sure. Well, that was the worst pass interference call I've ever seen. What are he, was, he wasn't even – that ball, he would have been Gumby, and he couldn't have caught that ball. And by the way, it was incidental hand fighting that the other guy was initiating. It was a terrible call. And terrible he, he, and this is a bigger issue I think we had because it happened last night too before I fell asleep at the end. I think, the, and I'm not a big blame the officials guy, but I think the officiating has been terrible. Um, I thought the, a couple of the missed calls, the lack of calls of the Eagles who are tackling guys um, that are rushing the passer yesterday multiple times and the roughing, roughing the, pass the passer. Oh, my was, God. It's it, like – and Kurt Warner said it on Twitter, and, I, and I, I'm not a big replay everything guy, but he made a great point. I think they have to make um, roughing the passer reviewable because these these officials are out of control. There was another one I saw uh, yesterday on Sunday afternoon. I can't remember who was playing. The player hit the quarterback. Oh, it was uh, Buffalo, New England. The New England guy blitzed, hit, the guy, hit Josh Allen in the chest, Josh Allen flops, throws his head back, and gets a penalty. I'm for like, putting his body putting his body on him. No, no, it wasn't even on his body. There was one. Yeah, I saw that. But this was one piece. He came in shoulder to the chest. Um, Josh Allen flops back, head goes back, falls down. And they called roughing the passer for it. gave him a first down. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, the official, you know. Back in the day when they had the replacement officials, everybody said, oh, my God, look how bad the officiating is. And the reality is there are much difference between those guys and these guys. I promise you. They're not very good right now. No, they're not. The game's too fast. It's too fast. They need it. I have always I've told Roger Goodell that they need an extra official on the field. Well, but the other thing, Pete, is they are erring on the side of player safety, especially when it comes to the quarterbacks and especially certain quarterbacks. And it's ruining the game. Well, and Kareem Jackson just got suspended four games for hitting the guy in the helmet. He had been ejected well, he, earlier he'd done in the it season. Before. Yeah, he'd done he had it been before. ejected already this year, too. Repeat offender. Uh, kind of but I'm going to keep my mouth shut because I don't want to get in well, trouble. They protect, it, here's, this, here's the irony in it. They protect guys for player safety reasons with, these, with the officiating, but they allow them to have a scrum like they do on that play for the Eagles where guys could easily get – somebody could break – somebody's going to get hurt in one of those scrums, by the way. Yeah, you want you your quarterback that. within like a ton of weight around him? It's a lot. Uh, we'll come back. Second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour. We'll keep it real. The Fanatics fan questions and much more. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Credit goes to the players for how they handled the last, you know, three weeks and and really um, 
locked in, you know, to, to whether we were doing a walkthrough or a full practice, you know, the mental side of the game. And, and uh, you know, there's still obviously some mistakes out there being made, but but overall, from a team perspective, definitely pleased with, with how they've handled, you know, the last, uh, you know, three, three and a half weeks. It's Doug Peterson, of course, Jaguars head coach Friday after the Thursday night football win over the Saints. Fourth win in a row for the Jaguars. And welcome back. It's the second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour. And it's presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings, J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli, and Pete Prisco. The Jaguars coming off the mini bye weekend after the win in the Superdome, 31-24 over the Saints. Now four in a row in 19 days, four stadiums in three cities in a seven-time zone stretch. Trevor Lawrence played through a knee injury Thursday night, ended up as the leading rusher for the Jags. The offense had that mid-game lull and then left the defense on the field for 87 plays. But they did hold up in the end zone in the end, at least on fourth down. That was following a huge drop of what could have been the game-tying touchdown for the Saints. That didn't happen, though. The Jags got it done. Game-winning touchdown from Lawrence to Christian Kirk. 44 yards came with 3.08 to play. Now it's on to Pittsburgh to the confluence where the Jaguars will face the 4-2 and two Steelers. And, boy, hey, this is a, a team that has figured out a way to win some games in a tough stretch with some injuries and a lot of travel. Uh, now they're a little rested going into Pittsburgh this week against the Steelers team that um, has a uh, statistically defensively um, are not ranked very highly, but they do have some very good players on that defense, obviously on the offensive side too. Some weapons they can throw around, younger quarterback. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to the Steelers obviously coming up. Um, Pete, I know you've been chomping at the bit to talk about this Jaguars defensive line and pass rush. And Josh Allen, we got that in earlier. The linebacker play in the middle has been really good. We talked about that. The interior against the run especially is stout. I mean, they're number four in the league against the run. But you have tried to point out Trayvon Walker, all show. Here's your chance. What's up? Well, it's, it's Tony agrees with me. We've talked about it. Um, he's not getting to the quarterback. He's not impacting quarterback. And if you have a dynamic pass rusher and a good pass rusher on the other side, you would think that stuff would fall into your lap on the other side, and it doesn't even do that. I just don't understand – he hasn't improved as uh, his hands aren't anybody still goes right smack into the middle of the tackle all the time. And so there's a great concern about what needs to be done over there. And I'm a big believer that they need to go explore some of these pass rushers who might be available. The Philadelphia Eagles who went to the Super Bowl last year, didn't like some of their safety play. So you know what they did today? <laughs> They traded to get Kevin Byard from the Tennessee Titans. Yep. That's what a team that feels like it can make a run does. What did they give yeah. up Byard? They gave up uh, the the safety. Uh, the uh, they gave up two picks and the safety um, that they acquired that they signed away from the Steelers. Uh, um, the brother of the what's his name? I'm having a brave. But it's not nothing major. But they feel like their safety play hasn't been good enough. And so you go make a move to go get them. Terrell Edmonds. Jackson, they go Terrell, Terrell Edmonds, Edmonds and they a fifth round. Edmonds, the safety from Pittsburgh that they signed in the offseason. And a fifth rounder and a sixth rounder in the next draft. They'll go get Kevin Byard to that defense once they get Blankenship back. Now you have Byard and Blankenship playing in your deep middle. 
that that's a hell of a group back there. They felt they saw a weakness, felt they needed to get better, and they did. Jacksonville has a pass rush weakness on one side. They need to get better. If you're going to win this super, if you're going to go to a Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl, you have to be able to get to the quarterback from both sides. And I don't think Trayvon Walker can do that. I still think I'm a big believer. Trayvon Walker puts on 20 pounds and becomes a a, a good inside player. Pete, um, I guess the biggest <clears throat> or the most concerning thing, let's just stick to Thursday night. Um, he was going against a guy who brought, got brought up from the practice squad that day in Cam Irving. There, it was usually it, terrible when he was in his prime, by the way. It's not like he, he was going against Ramchek, who's a good right tackle um, in this league. And maybe Cam Irving's better than no. I'm giving credit for. No, he's not. But that – that was my biggest like, like this was an opportunity. You're going against a guy, practice squad guy. Obviously, good enough to be in the NFL, and it started before. Um, but you would have thought he could have taken, got some more work done against Cam Irving. He was credited somewhere. I saw where he was credited with three pressures. I looked through that tape again today to see him. I didn't see him. I didn't see him. I don't know how they credit him. You remember one. In the last drive, at the end he was uh, he got around the legs of Carr at the um, because he was because Allen came on the side and Carr kind of bailed toward him yeah. and they had already Irvin had kind of taken him at was taking him out of the play but because he bailed there he was able to get his hands close to him but it, yeah. it really wasn't a pressure where he won he wasn't good if Carr stays there he's not winning and you saw that a lot Tony you saw him just take him up the field a lot or into get into his body and just take him up the field. I just and and look again. If he wasn't the first overall pick in the draft, maybe you'd sit there and say, "Okay, give him a little time." But he's the first overall pick in the draft, and he's not a bad football player. He's actually a pretty good football player. He's just not a good pass rusher. And you would think by now that there would be some moves or techniques or hand usage or anything to show that he could become a a pass rusher. When was, when was the last? Okay, I'm going to ask. This is a legitimate question. When was the last time you saw him whip a tackle and go get a sack? I'm not talking about a stunt where he loops from, you know, around the inside or anything. When, when was the last time? Can you remember one? I can't. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. I, I can't remember. remember him either. JP, what's he credited with on sacks this year? Three. Uh, let's see. Yeah, let's see the official statistics. Jaguars defense. Trayvon Walker, two and a half. Okay, so he had the one last week against Indy so where he came. That was a half sack. That was the half. He split. Was that, that a half? Or was that a? It was the half in the book. He was split, and then he had the whole sack week four. That would have been against the Buffalo Bills, and he had a whole sack week one. Yeah, and I don't think he won on any of them. Just pure go up the field and win. And that's that's the problem. Because a good football player, and he is a good football player, will get a sack here and there where he stunts in, loops in. And even he, he's not even as great at that anymore. We've talked about that in the past. I just I just think if you put 20 pounds on him and stuck him down, and and that might not be the answer right now because you don't have anybody else who can replace him right now. But if you made a deal for Daniil Hunter, you would. What, what, what's it going to take to get Daniil Hunter? You know, Rick, 
Rick Spielman, who actually drafted Daniel Hunter, wrote a story at the 33rd team that he works for, as well as working for us. And I think he said it would be like a, a third one year and a fourth the next year or something like that for the rental. Because you're renting them. You're not going to be able to pay both him and Josh Allen. That's a given. But for a third and a fourth or a fourth and a fifth or whatever, it's worth renting him. I would do a fourth and a fifth to like to, like this second. And I probably could be talked into a third and a fourth. Because you get Daniil Hunter and add him to that defense with Josh Allen and then Trayvon Walker becomes a rotation player. All of a sudden – you have a lot of you have talent all across the board. Is Daniil Hunter a defensive left? Can he line up there over he the right tackle? Both. He plays. He everywhere. plays both. They play okay. both. Okay. But I I just think when you look at that, that's a no brainer to me. That's a no brainer. now they play tonight. Should they beat the 49ers tonight? Probably not. But if no, they did, beating the 49ers. That 49ers team you saw last week won very good. You want to beat? No, they're not beating the 49ers. I agree with you. Who are you picking? It's plus it's prime time. Kirk Cousins in prime time. We know how that goes. But okay, so let's just say they they lose this game. They're basically they're done. Do you? And he can't come back next year. He's not coming back next year. So if you're the if you're Minnesota, you put him on the market. And if you're Jacksonville, you should be leading that, leading that. Go get him. If I, I would be calling them today saying, after you lose to the 49ers tonight, <laughs> we're going to give you a fourth and fifth. And they're going to say, no, great. What will it take? A three and a four. Okay, done. We want him here Tuesday. <laughs> and, and I think if you did that, it would be just, Tony, the one year, if I'm – you guys trade to get Clyde Simmons that one year. I'm trying to remember. Or no, he was a free agent. He got cut at the last. That's right. He was right a free agent. Right before the last cuts, we signed them. We signed them on the day we were playing the Broncos, the last preseason game. And he he flew to Denver and flew that's back. That's right. And that's right. He he wondered what they were doing, or Coughlin did something. Then what are yeah. you doing? Well, um, he, yeah, Coughlin at halftime lost it because we we're getting our butts beat by the Broncos. That's and, right. This is preseason, by the way. Right. Number the fourth game. He flipped over the Gatorade, the table with all the Gatorade on it, and got all over uh, Clyde's suit. <laughs> yeah, and Clyde was like, what is this? What am I getting myself into? <laughs> this is the preseason. What are we doing? But adding a guy like Clyde, when they did, changed that, yeah, it changes the whole dynamic of the defense. That's what Daniel Hunter would do for this defense. Well, in 17, remember, we couldn't stop the run, and they went and traded for Darius Williams. And all of a sudden, that defense became one of the best defenses in the history of this franchise. Oh, Marcel, I mean, Darius. I, Marcel Darius. Marcel Darius. Marcel oh, Darius. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Marcel Darius. Yeah. yeah. Marcel I'm, Darius. But I'm with you. You have to. They have to make a move. And by the way, um, the Vikings GM's a young guy, right? Questy yes. Adolfo Mensa yeah. was. He didn't draft him. He, he didn't was, draft him. But he was with San Francisco when Balky was in San Francisco. He was the manager of football research and development. Here's the other part of that, though. The other part of the equation. If you're Trent and you make that move, is that an indictment of your first overall pick and, in fact, an indictment of you? Pete, great GMs. Who cares, right? In my opinion, great leaders, great GMs don't think that way. 
They make, they make decisions based on the information at hand, in the present, and what's best for the organization. You would make the deal. Done. I would, I would, I'd be trading for Daniil Hunter. Now, I'm not going to give up a second for a round. No. You're not going to give up, and you know, nor would you give up Brian Burns. You wouldn't give up a first or a second to go get him or Chase Young. But if you could get them for a package of a couple picks, a four and a five or something like that, or three and a five or something, you have to be willing to go make that move. And here's the other part of that equation. One of those picks this year is tied to an extension for Calvin Ridley, the third. Is Calvin Ridley getting – right now, as is, is Calvin Ridley getting an extension from Jacksonville? I, I – I mean, who knows? It's too early. But, but right now, I'm saying right now, as it probably not. But they can't yeah. trade those picks. Pete is the point, right? Uh, right, because you you have to save the if you're going to give him an extension. If you're giving him an extension, you have to have that pick available. But you can't do trade it now, just in case all of a sudden all hell breaks loose and you don't. What, well, they, what's the most we have to give up for Calvin? Is two. Yeah, if if they resign him, I think it's a two. I think is it, there's certain benchmarks to get to a, th- a third, but yeah. No, yeah, I I, w- I personally there's I don't I can't right now as is they're not going to resign him. I I just can't with all the Trevor Lawrence deal coming and everything else they can't resign him. Hell, if yeah, I mean here's I don't know if Minnesota do this because like if you look at the AFC and this is why because I watch football all Sunday. Red zone is the greatest invention to mankind, by the way. Just you get to see so much. Because um, I don't have the package, so I'm too cheap to pay for it for the one Sunday You're never a home. year. Though. Yeah, yeah. Um, is, but there's nobody in the AFC, Pete, that, like, that I don't think we can beat. Like, no, you get, like, the Chiefs. No, but... We can. I, I'm confident we could beat them. Now, would they be favored? Yes, no doubt about it, because it's going to be in Kansas City at this point and everything else. But if you went out there, Pete, and played Kansas City, you, you'd, you'd say, yeah, we can beat them. Well, they almost beat them the first time if they hadn't gone for it at midfield. So my point of saying this, there's nobody in the AFC. <laughs> like right now, the way I feel about this team, I think we are one of the premier teams in the AFC to go to the Super Bowl. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. I so thought it before the season. And, and, you that, never know, and you never know how how often you're going to be in this situation. I think we'll be in it a lot because of Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson, no doubt about it. But, Pete, would you think about, based on how certain draft picks are tied up with Calvin Ridley for next year, let's just say those are tied up. Let's say we can't do anything. Would you give a two, two, a, a two overall pick, a number two, second round pick in 25 for, yeah. uh, for Daniel Hunter? Maybe. I I'd give him the third and 25, though. Oh, yeah, that's a no-brainer. You'd give him the third probably this year. Yeah, but then what linebacker from what university would he not be able to draft that? Oh, my, <laughs> no, oh, my. my point is you have an opportunity because you're, what you've are you proven after seven games, and I believe it's going to be the same after eight games. So I think they beat the Steelers this week because I don't think the Steelers are very good offensively at all. Um, Played better the other day, though. Okay, whatever. If you're 6-2, and two, which I think we will be, if you're six and two, you are sitting in a position where the number one overall seed still in play, a lot of football left. You're, you've proven you're one of the best teams in the AFC, and and you know you need more pass rushing help because right now the only guy who can win consistently, uh, you know, at a high rate is Josh Allen. Do you go? I mean, do you give maybe a little bit more than you're comfortable with to go get that guy? 
to complete your defense. Yes. I think he I did would. too. I would. How much better would the secondary be if they had another guy rushing the passer like that? And by the way, we haven't got to that. Montero Brown played one hell of a game. He did. He did. And the secondary hell of a game. Give that kid credit because everyone's talking about him. Everyone's worried about him. And he had the game-winning stop at the end. And he had another one in the first half against Michael uh, Thomas that was big time. Montero Brown, hats off to that guy. Yep. We'll come back. We'll uh, keep it real when we come back. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jaguars, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIProductions.com. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. We all know what Tyson, who Tyson Campbell is, and, and obviously he's our guy, but to have solid backup players that can fill in and, and step up. It's just exactly what I was talking to the team about, you know, the next man up mentality and we got to fill in the gap. And, and listen, uh, Mike Caldwell did a nice job calling the game because we helped, we helped Buster a little bit with the safe, with safety help and, and things of that nature. Um, you know, but, but just, just really pleased with, uh, with how Buster played in, in that environment. That's a, that's an extremely, you know, tough environment to go in there. And, and of course they've got, you know, Olave and, and Michael Thomas and, and, you know, some really good skill athletes out there. And, and he held up. He held up nicely. There you have it. Head coach Doug Peterson with the answer about the cornerback play in Superdome Thursday night. Welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour. Get ready for the tailgate with Tony benefiting the Baselli Foundation coming up Sunday, November 19th, Metropolitan Park ahead of the Titans-Jaguars matchup. It starts at 10 a.m., finishes at 12.30 before the 1 p.m. kick. Live music, Q&A with Tony and Jaguars legends. There are all-inclusive ticket options. Visit BaselliFoundation.com for more and use the promo code TONY50, TONY50, for $50 off your entry fee. It all benefits the foundation, Tony. How about that? Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be, as it said, uh, at the Met Park. It'll be uh, live music, food, VIP section. It's gonna be a huge tailgate um, up to the lead up to the Titans game, and um, we have a bunch of great sponsors selling tickets. Hopefully, it's packed, and uh, every dollar will go to uh, our teacher fellowship program that we do here in North Florida, as well as our mentoring um, of young men who are either in or getting out of uh, juvenile detention centers. Fantastic. Oh, go check it out. Baselifoundation.com for all the information. Sounds like a great time too. Yeah. You're going to come up for it, Pete. Yeah. Believe me. (laughs) If I could get do that on a Sunday, I would love to. (laughs) Hey, it's uh, time to keep it real. Presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. And I just realized that Tony's probably been hoarding the boxes of wine to use for the event um, in a few weeks. That's probably where all the wine is, Pete. If well, that, is, if, you know what, though? I would I would donate my case to Tony's event if that were the if that were indeed the so tell Bob uh, Robert uh, and gang that uh, we would love to get some cases donated and Tony I don't drink a lot of wine so I, I would donate my case to you. Wow, how about that? Thank you, Peter. Love that. Uh, the the conversation today about keeping it real has to do with the secondary and 
you know, coming into the season, that was a question mark. What's this thing really going to look like? Who's playing nickel? Can Darius Williams hold up on the outside? You know what Tyson Campbell is. What's the depth there? How do you feel about it now after seven games, especially at the cornerback position, considering this? Darius Williams leads the league in passes defensed, 11 of them. Uh, and in the game on Thursday, Herndon had seven tackles, a quarterback hit, two passes defense. Darius Williams, five tackles, two of the passes defensed. And you mentioned Monteric Brown, Tony, four tackles, two passes defensed in his first career start. That's a trio of corners that, that played really big. How do you feel now after seven weeks? So I will say I was wrong in the offseason. I was critical. I thought they needed to go get um, a free agent corner to add depth because I was worried about um, what we were going to do at nickel. I was worried about, you know, depth across the board at the um, cornerback position. And obviously had confidence in Tyson, great player, and has proven it out so far. Darius Williams has played way better than I thought he would. He's doing great. I mean, ha I mean, you know, I mean, it's I, almost la you know, it's almost laughable now is that they tried to play him inside last year early in the season. That's laughable, by the yeah, way. Yeah, like, I guess I was just jaded by because he was not a very good nickel. Um, he's played great. Um, Trey Herndon, and I give my call credit because Trey Herndon, he's putting Trey Herndon in positions that he's good at, which is playing predominantly zone, blitzing him on occasion, and he's a very good run defender. So I give like Trey. I never thought Trey was a bad football player. He's just bad just, when he has to chase. Receivers I just thought he was limited. Field. Like you can't play man, and they wanted to play right. man last year. And I'm like, guy, like he can't. Yeah, can't do it. That's not his skill set. No. And so I give Mike Caldwell a lot of credit. Trey's a good football player. He's doing a great job. And then, my goodness, based on the preseason and everything else, I did not see Monteric Brown coming in and playing the way he did against the Saints. So, um. Particularly after the way he played the week before. Yeah, I didn't see it, Pete. So I still, I'm like, when I say I was wrong, I still think they probably should have got depth during the offseason there. But they've proven that they didn't need to, obviously, um, because the way this group's playing after seven weeks, they're playing great. And, and I agree with you. Darius Williams has exceeded all expectations. He's been outstanding. Um, Tyson Campbell's a really, really talented corner. Herndon, you're right, they've covered him up and he's played well. Monteric Brown, the week before was bad when he went in. I mean, there's no other way. And seeing the way he played the other day, he looked like he looked like an NFL starting corner. He played that well. Um, I'm impressed. And I think the secondary as a whole, because Cisco's taking the next step. And Rayshon Jenkins, you know, he'll feast or famine, but he's been, a, he's been, the last couple of games, he's been really good. So I think as a group, it's, it's much better than I thought it would be. Much better. And, you know, remember going into the game, Doug Peterson uh, told me on the pregame interview, Tony, you'll remember this, uh, that, you know, yeah, Monteric Brown is a player to watch in this game. He's his first ever start. And we've got Tavon Campbell up off the practice squad just in case there's some exposure there. We've got to make some changes. So they were even, like, going into the game, let's just be careful and, and give him all the help we can. They used some safety help. They changed a lot of things going in, but – uh, yeah, all the credit to Monteric for, for stepping well, up. When he was matched big. up in man-to-man -man coverage, he, he held his own. Yeah. 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 I mean, I still think they should have added depth during the offseason, like I said. I think – yeah, but, I Tony, think I think part of that was because of the preseason. They thought, like, Braswell would be a guy that would be factoring in. Um, you know, so they thought 
he's on IR, right? So he's eligible to come back in at some point, but he'll be back. But I think that, like, the Bucks are starting a nickel corner who's a rookie from Rutgers who was on the same team with Braswell, and Braswell, Braswell was the better player. So I think maybe they thought he could come in and be a part of it too. But I, I'm with you. They probably should have added a veteran corner at some point for bet depth anyways. Yeah, but with that said, where I was wrong is I did not see them playing this well. No, me either. Imagine if they had another pass rusher. <laughs> that is Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge <laughs> by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. If Pete doesn't know anything else, he certainly knows the assignment of Keeping It Real. I'll say that. Yeah, always keep it real. Always. I was going to say, isn't the whole show, show Keeping It Real? Yeah. But we really keep it real when we get it's, to keep it real. It is realer yeah. than real. It's the realest. <laughs> it's a super. It's a super real segment. <laughs> We're back in a moment with the fanatics fan questions, and it's time to check yes to see country music legend George Strait with Chris Stapleton in Little Big Town, May 11th at Everbank Stadium. Get your tickets. They are uh, on sale very soon. The pre-sale for the venue started already. Check yes at EverbankStadium.com. And there are special pre-sale codes available. What a show that should be in May. This is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. Travis Travis is a tough kid. And, you know, we're, we've seen that over the course of last year, for the start of this year. And, and yeah, we've got to be mindful that um, we're not overworking him, you know. Uh, we got to get Tank and be earnest and, and if Jamichael's up, we got to get those guys involved in the offense and and uh, you know get them some more touches. Right now, um, especially on third down, we like we like TJ, you know, on third down and and uh, from not only from a protection standpoint, but the ability to, to catch the ball out of the backfield. And you know, we just we just got to keep the other guys coming. And it's not that we don't have confidence in them. We just feel like you know Trevor or TJ rather has the has the hot hand, and and we we continue to keep him going. That's head coach Doug Peterson, of course, discussing Travis Etienne Jr. He's now scored two touchdowns in three consecutive games, the first Jaguar in history to do such a thing on the ground. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with Tony Baselli and Pete Prisco. And the second hour is presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. Tonight they brought some plain wings. They brought uh, some pretzel bites with beer cheese on the side. And for some reason they brought salad. I don't know what that was for, but... They brought not for you, JP. Yeah. We know it's not for you. Pretzel bites with a little cheese is always a good thing when you're having a few beers. Yeah, I mean, JP, right? you can't have beers on the air, no. though, buddy. No, you can't. Uh, no, in London. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, you missed uh, Pete. You weren't there. I don't know. You're admitting that. <laughs> <laughs> we were. Well, we were at a pub. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you want? Um. So, JP, what are you going to go into today? The pretzel bites or the wings? Uh, yes. <laughs> Both. <laughs> yes. And it's been done already. I mean, I already had some right before the show. So, they always treat our production crew great on Mondays. Everybody's in here he editing. He was a little sluggish to start the show, wasn't he, Tony? <laughs> was the, was the pretzel bites? Yeah. Best. yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome to uh, the last 20 years. That's what's what it is. Um, let's uh, take a look at some Fanatics fan questions. Why not, right? Jaguars fans, gear up at Fanatics.com. 
With all latest Jag styles, shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com officially licensed everything. We put out the cat signal on X. Here are the best posts that we uh, came up with and had created today. This is from that St. Aug Jags fan. Why is the offense struggling to play a complete game, and what can be done to fix that? Well, let's level set here a little bit, guys. Um, last time I checked, um, they scored over 30 points again. Um, One was a defensive touchdown. It doesn't matter. Go look at go, Scoring is way down in this league this year. And every offense, for the most part, has moments where they have huge lulls and struggle. Um, and so, yes, this offense is not what I think either Peter or I expected. With that said, I don't think they're struggling. I think they're not at the level we expected. But still, if you go, if you look at their production based on the rest of the league, you're they're in the upper, they're in the upper. 20, 30% of this league, I would say. In terms of what? What are they what? points, Pete? Uh, I'll tell you in a second. Scoring offense points per game, they are ninth. Yeah, so they're a top 10 scoring offense. You know, could it be better? Sure. Does it need to be better? Yes, I think it will get, and I think it will get better, but I, I, I don't like the narrative that they're struggling. I don't think that's accurate. They're 14th in yards per game. I don't think they're struggling, though. No, it's just not the dynamic offense that we expected it to be. I agree. Or at least me. Me, too. I thought, listen, I said on the this show and on Dan and uh, Jeff's show in the morning, I thought this would be the most prolific offense in the history of this franchise when I was thinking about points and yards. And they're not that right now. No, they're not. But I don't think they're struggling. Well, how many points have they scored total? What's the total point number, then? It's... uh. So they're averaging, I mean, if you look at it, they're on pace for a heck of a scoring season, though. They've scored right? 173 points, Pete. So, okay, divide that out, and you, you figure, what, in seven games? 173, you said, yep, JP? Yeah. Correct. Divided by seven. It's about 20. 25, just under 25 points yeah. a okay, game. Okay, now, now, now multiply that by by. 17 420 points yeah i thought they'd score 500 or push for 500 they're not going to get that but but they're they're going to get 400 and something and that's still a pretty good season and if they get the thing rolling they still haven't i still there. don't think we've seen the best no. of this offense and not even close no. i don't the last time has there been any point in the season where they've gone up scored drove down the field eight, eight ten play 80 yard drive 10 play 80 yard drive boom boom yeah. boom up and down the field the first part of the Saints game, I was like, this is the offense. They were bam, 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 bam. Yeah, hmm. yeah I, I still think there's going to be more chunk plays coming. I agree. At the Black Gatsby underscore, when will Pete give Trayvon love? I mean, I said he's a good football player. I just don't think he's a good pass rusher. I'll give him love when they put 20 on him and move him inside and let him become a beast on the inside because I think he could. I don't understand the question. I don't think Pete has killed Trayvon. And no. what is there something we are missing? I guess would be my question back that we should be applauding him that that we haven't that we haven't called out because I think both Pete and I think he's a really good football player. Is disruptive against the run. Now I don't think he was that disruptive against the run at least at 
you know, as much as he had in the past against the Saints. But I think he's a he's a good football player. I don't think Pete and I have ever said anything different. We question the pass rush. Yeah, I got somebody sent me something where he's in uh, pressure rate percentage of pass rushers. He's like they consider him seventh in the league or something like that. I'm like, what? No, no. I, I don't understand where that came from. Is that some website from the someone's basement? Because there's more. <laughs> here's the problem with all the analytics in today's world. You never know where they come from and what are they looking at and who is putting these numbers together. There's no, like, like there's no official. Like, tell me the official win well, rate. And, Tony, we talked about the one pressure we kind of gave him credit for and the other day. And I, I just – that's not – to me, that's not really – Winning. Yeah. Next question at Will P eight eight eight. Are you concerned about Agnew having more touches than Ridley? Well, that's not for the season, obviously, but last no. week's game he did. No, Pete talked about it. Ridley was doubled a lot of that game. Yeah, they 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 set out to take him away. That's that's what they wanted to do, and and. You get a play like you get to Kirk late in the game because they did take him away. How about the shot that Agnew took on the punt return that was that hit Tavon Campbell in the back? The muff punt. No, not pretty. I'm yeah. glad he. I'm glad he wasn't concussed because yeah. he took a shot right to the chops. He got smoked. Yeah. And was uh, evaluated, then came back in the game, which is. Yeah, uh, but that was big too. They held him without a touchdown in that scenario. Yeah. Held him to a field goal there. It was big. Uh, another example of the defense stepping up in a big moment uh, when they were on the field a lot. Uh, one more question. This is from Matt Trevorville. Chase Young or Brian Burns or Danelle Hunter, should they try and acquire one of them before the deadline? If they do, which current starter on defense sits? So I don't think I'd go up with Brian Burns because I don't think the Panthers are going give to give him up unless you have a first or second rounder. Um, and I don't think they're going to sign him long term. Um, because I think ultimately Josh is earning that right now. Um, I don't know what it would cost to get Chase Young, another young player. I don't think as much as Brian Burns because he has some injury history. So either I, I would kick tires on Chase Young, my, but my choice would be Daniel Hunter. I would I would go after Daniel Hunter because I don't think you'd have to give up as much to go get him in that scenario. By the way, here here I found it. The top ten. This is Seth Seth. Walder, who I think is an analytics guy, the top 10 players in pass rush win rate in week seven through the late game window. So it was during this game. Okay. Trayvon Walker was number seven. What are they watching? You watch the tape, didn't you, Tony? And you watch the game. I I, I don't, I don't understand that. Josh Allen was fourth. Seth Walder, a sports analytics content specialist for ESPN. Okay. Here's the other one, Tony. Josh Allen was fourth. Cam Jordan was fifth. How did how was Cam Jordan fifth when they had one pressure on the entire night? I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get this. So that goes to show you. Sometimes we, we me and Tony get all over PFF and places like that for their analytics and everything. There's no conceivable way that Trayvon Walker had this tie. By, by the way, tied Aaron Donald yesterday. For seven, he was seventh on the the most uh, pass rush win rate. <laughs> I mean, how do you calculate that, Pete? I'm going to keep my mouth shut because 
you know how I feel in general about the people watching the tape. Do they understand what they're looking at and what everyone's responsibilities are? I mean, I sent out, I sent out a tweet the other day when he was watching the game before I even watched the tape. He said, did he even make the trip? I mean, yeah, I don't, I didn't see, and then go back and watch it a couple times. I don't see the pressures. I just don't. So, and that's not to kill him because I've said he's a good football player. He's just not an edge rusher. That's not what he is. I think he could be, I think he could be an all world down player. I really do. There you have it. Uh, Tony's not, he's, he's kind of shutting it down. On this one, he's done. No, I'm not shutting it down. I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm with Pete. I mean, it's you like... agree that he could end up being a, a pretty good down player if you put 20. He'd be Calais Campbell ish, you know. I think that... He's an explosive, strong, long defense alignment. I do not, th- but he has not shown me to date that he is an edge rusher. Correct. All right, the questions are in. Thanks for all the submissions today on X. A lot of good posts today. We always like those. And kick off the second half of the season at the bank when the Jaguars take on the San Francisco 49ers Sunday, November 12th. Kickoff is set for 1 o'clock for now, at least. And uh, tickets are going fast. Secure your seats. Jaguars.com slash tickets. We'll see what happens. Hey, the the window to uh, flex it could be uh, could be coming. And um, we'll, we'll see if NBC pulls the trigger or not and goes after it. But... Um, it would be a big ball game if both teams could could win this week, Tony, for sure. I'd love to see it flex. That'd be great for the city. Don't you? Oh, it'd be awesome. Uh, another night game. They already got two on the schedule coming up, and um, the Bengals and the Ravens. And if they were to flex into one midseason, that would be a. When huge... are those? When are those Bengals and Ravens games? It's December. They're... they're in December. They're they're not far apart from each other either, and they are Jaguars schedule. Uh, uh, Bengals December fourth is Monday night, and then eight twenty on December seventeenth, week fifteen. So week thirteen and week fifteen. I mean that's that's a little stretch there when you look at that. Forty Niners. All right, so Steelers this week bye week. Forty Niners, Titans. At the Texans, which is never easy, and then home against the Bengals at the Browns, home against that the Ravens. That won't be easy. I mean, and then the Ravens at home, and then at then the you Bucks, get Bucks, Panthers, and Titans. Titans. And, and by then, the Titans will be playing a rookie quarterback, probably. I, the, the Titans obviously are in sell-off mode. If they get, got rid of Kevin Byard, they're in sell-off mode. So who's next? Derrick Henry. Hmm. Yeah, Pete, I, I'm with you. I mean, it's. I thought the Titans would be a bigger challenge this year, but based on getting rid of Bayard and kind of how they're playing. Quarterbacks hurt. Quarterbacks hurt. It could be, uh, it could be interesting for yeah, them. Yeah, like the next time you play them, or the both times you play them, it could be with a rookie quarterback. Yep. Which means, technically, if that were the case, you should have been playing – Six games in your division against rookie quarterbacks because Anthony Richardson, right? You played him once. You would have been playing him twice. Then you got C.J. Stroud twice and and probably Will Levis because even if Malik Willis starts, he's not going to last there. So you might get a rookie quarterback in two of those games. That that changes the dynamic of those division games for sure. Well, Pete, we thought – I think both of us thought – Do we Uh, lose him again? Oh, there he is. What would you say? Yeah. Say it again. Uh, 
I, oh, I said I think Pete, both of you and I, both you and I had them going five and one in the division this year. Yeah. I think that's where we ended up. And if you look at it, they're two and one right now. Um, they got Houston again, probably their toughest division matchup left because of the way C.J. Stroud's playing. Um, but you should sweep the, if. I mean, based on where the Titans are going and where we're going right now, you should expect to sweep them. Like, but the schedule, the schedule is still tough. I mean, we, me and JP oh. just talked about it. You got the Steelers. That's not an easy game. Then you get the Niners, two physical teams in a row. Then you get the but Titans. You bye, bye, but you have a bye week between the two. Right. Then you get the Titans. Then you get the Texans. No, yeah, then the Texans. Then that December little run where you get Monday Night Football against the Bengals, the Browns on the road, and then the Ravens at home. No, it's a- tough. You know, if you're a good team, you can handle some of those, though. And then well, the closing little. Their- whoa, 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 wait a second. I don't like. Like, don't give me if. Yeah. They are a good team. They just handled a tough four game stretch, well, and they handled it like pros. That's great. I'm not saying they didn't. I'm saying if you <laughs> want to take that next step and be the number one seed, you're going to have to handle a stretch like that again. I don't well, like I the negativity. Before the season, they should win. What I say. 13 games you said 13 and four pete yeah so that means they gotta go the rest of the way they gotta go what seven and uh seven and two i had i had they have the uh they have to go two i had them at 11 and six yeah i don't know if they're gonna go eight and two with that schedule because the raven i mean but the last three are all winnable easily i mean buccaneers on the road panthers at home titans on the road if the titans are packing it up well pete but i actually think if you go through all i mean there's no doubt pittsburgh always tough in pittsburgh tough game 49ers probably the most talented team if they're healthy toughest game of all of them tough uh cleveland you have cleveland coming up great uh, defense not very good offensively but one you better strap it up defensively um <clears throat> um Bengals, Bengals will be Bengals, tough. Joe Burrow, you know he, they can get going, and you, and you have the Ravens who five and two, and Lamar Jackson is playing from the pocket more. Lamar uh, Jackson's playing. Lamar Jackson's playing great. He played great yesterday. He's playing great. So like you got, but each, but so they're all tough games, and there's you know, and then there's ones you're not thinking about. Houston's no cakewalk just based on no. the history of this franchise. No. Um, it's a tough but, schedule. But Pete, every one of those games we just talked about. I think we could, I mean, like, yeah, it's hard, but it's not like, oh, gosh, we have no, like, I think we should win. We should, oh, beat, I, we should beat the 49ers in our own stadium with them traveling across the country. We should beat them. By the way, think about this for a second. The number one scoring defense in the league, Baltimore, coming up. San Francisco, number two scoring defense in the league. You already play Kansas City, they're the number three scoring defense in the league. You already play Buffalo, they're the number five scoring defense in the league. You play Tampa Bay, they're the number six scoring defense in the league. You play New Orleans, they're the number seven scoring defense in the league. You play Texans, they're number eight. The Falcons are number nine. Cleveland is number 10. So that means the Did only- Did Cleveland go from the number one scoring defense to number 10 in one week? 19.2 points, yeah. Think about this. The only top 10 defense in terms of scoring that Jacksonville doesn't play is Dallas. Tough schedule. There's always the Super Bowl. Uh, we're back in a moment. <laughs> JP, <laughs> off, the, off the top rope. Boom. Back in a moment, we'll go around the National Football League. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. 
that's Christian. He kind of did all the work there. Um, it's a play that we, we run. You know, we like it out of empty, and it's a good, good matchup typically for us with Christian. And just reading it top down, you know, I gave Evan a look. It was split safety, and the safety attached to Evan, and then just had our one-on-one, -on -one and Christian ran a great route underneath. And honestly, just trying to – talking to press for the play, just kind of trying to get, at least get something going, get a, get a completion. Kind of how we played the whole game, especially with not wanting to hold the ball back there with, you know, my knee and not taking any hits and all that stuff. So just wanted to find a completion and get us going. And worst case, like, let's get some points. Let's get a field goal and the game is tight at that point. Um, and then Christian, when I threw it, I thought it was going to be, you know, maybe a 10-yard gain. I knew he had 20 on the angle, but then he took it all, he took it to the house. So I just, I mean, that was a great play by him to finish it and uh, see that opportunity and go get it. It's quarterback, of course, Trevor Lawrence after the game in New Orleans. That was about the game-winning touchdown, 44-yarder to Christian Kirk, where uh, Kirk caught it and ran the distance. Jaguars have now won four in a row. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings, J.P. Shadrick, Tony Vaselli, and Pete Prisco. And for 10 years, DreamFinders Homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the Jaguars. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com for all the available inventory and go Jags. Good night, AJP, real quick. Yeah. Did, did Trevor Lawrence send out a tweet? Did you see it? So I that's a parody account. That's not is him. it? Is it can't be him, right? No. That if it's a parody account, he has that parody account has two hundred and eighty something thousand followers. No, that's so. that's certainly his account, yes. Oh it is. Yes. It is. Did you see that? Y'all keep it says, your opinions and we'll keep finding ways to win. That's what he says. Hashtag analysts. That must have been directed at um, somebody on the uh, Richard Sherman, I think. Yeah, what did Richard? I, I thought when I read it, I'm like, there's no chances. I just figured it was a parody account, but I guess it is, Trevor. I love it. By the way, what did I never saw what Richard said? I've heard, I saw a lot of tweets referring to what did he actually say? I think it was, I didn't hear it either. I think it was something along the lines of he's not that impressed and he's not the franchise quarterback or something, or, or a, something along those lines. I didn't hear it exactly either. He said, quote, he was supposed to be a generational talent. I just haven't seen it, end quote. So, uh, yeah. There you go. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what Rich is looking at. but I, Look, are the numbers gaudy like I thought they would be? No. But if you go back and look at his numbers over the last 17 games, if you just project them out like that's an entire season, remember he had to have the anima to get rid of Urban. So – he the the entire season projected out seven last seventeen games. He's having his numbers are pretty impressive. So Pete, because here's the thing that I think, at least let me from my perspective, and not bad, I'm not bad mouthing anybody, but everyone talks about Justin Herbert, how great a player Justin Herbert is, and so on. And I think he's a fabulous quarterback, young quarterback, but he also throws a bunch of bad picks in the fourth quarter. He has, you know, he could not finish a game in the uh, playoffs where they had a, you know, three touchdown lead. Um, I mean, I, I, you can go down the list. Now, I'm not saying it's all his fault. I questioned some of his head coaching. Um, the head he's coach. the most pressured quarterback. He was most, it was yesterday he was so pressured. He was pressured. So I'm not saying it's all him, but at the end of the day, what's Trevor's job is to lead this team to victories and do what it takes to win. And I think Trevor it's, I, I know he's a franchise quarterback. I know he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in this league. I know he's going to uh, bring Super Bowls to the organization. At the end of the day, he finds ways to help this team win, and that's all that matters. I think part of it is standing up and throwing a bubble screen to the outside 
is doesn't look like it's as pretty as sitting in there and throwing a rifle shot down the field for 35 yards. That that's I think that's where some of it comes from. I really do. Yeah, but this is that's the offense he has. I know. I but I'm just telling you where the perception comes from. I don't agree with it at all, but I did think his numbers would be a little gaudier than what they are right now, and I think that's they will get going. I'm a big believer. I think this this offense is only scratching the surface. Pete, everything you know, everything. Draft today. Herbert Lawrence on the board. Who are you taking? It's tough for me because I, I still think Herbert is special. And I probably Trevor. Yeah, I'm taking Trevor. I mean, okay, Herbert. throw Tua into the equation. I'm still taking Trevor. Me too. I, I Tua looked ordinary last night. First time I've watched him play. Mm. And I'm like, the, the stat that jumped out of me about the Dolphins I think last night they were going into the game. They were five and twenty. The the combined record of the teams they have beaten, yeah, was five and twenty-six. Yeah, beat up as a bad teams. Certainly did. Monday night football. Brock Purdy, Nick Bosa, and the San Francisco 49ers at five and one head to U.S. Bank Stadium to fake curse. Fake, <laughs> to oh! Oh! <laughs> he choked. He choked. He choked. Oh no. Doing too much work, too many games over the weekend. Kirk Cousins, Daniil Hunter, and the two and four Vikings. Who you got? Does it matter anymore? No. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter anymore. You fumbled. You fumbled the ball out of the back of the end zone. You're Desmond Ritter. No, he stepped out of the back of the end zone. He's Dan Orlowski. <laughs> oh my God. Yikes. JT. Whew. I think it's going to be closer than people think tonight. I don't. I think the Niners blow him out. Brock Purdy. It's a big game for Brock Purdy. Proven game. He was bad last week. I know you, you're a family friend and all, but he wasn't good last week. <laughs> he has, you know, he, uh, he has exactly one loss in his history in the regular season. Quarterback wins is not a stat, Tony. Oh, not a stat. boy. Let's close on that. That's uh, Tony Vaselli, <laughs> Pete Prisco. I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thanks to our entire crew, and thanks to you for listening and watching us. Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.